Good morning, everybody. So I appreciate Conley singing that song. That's, uh, that's probably one of my favorites. I love that last verse. I got a couple of things for you this morning before we... Uh, I told y'all, I think, last week that my nephew Cody leaves. He actually has surgery tomorrow. They're leaving today, I think, about 1 o'clock, heading up to Cincinnati. And he's going to be up there a minimum probably a week. Uh, not real sure, but to tell y'all what's going on, um, they're cleaning out uh, his sockets in his hips. They're taking bone from his hip to restructure his sockets. They're going to rotate his left leg in and rotate his right leg out. So he's uh, he's going to be in... Uh, he's going to be in some pain for a little while because of all this, so they're going to keep him up there and monitor him. We had a birthday party yesterday out at Outback with everybody, and he's uh, he's in good spirits, got his hair cut and ready to go. And uh, just uh, pray for Lynn and Andrew and uh, Cody as they travel to Cincinnati here after a while. Like I said, they'll be there for probably at least a week, and uh, we just pray everything goes well there. It's a great place to be. It's a great hospital. Um, they wouldn't be going up there if it wasn't one of the best for him. Um couple other things I had made an announcement uh, I think Friday about clothes for Cannon Cannon Hospital or the behavioral health side of it is needing clothes adult clothes for those individuals that are coming in to be treated there usually they only come in with what clothes are on their back so they need some uh, clothes adult clothes and uh, I'll try to make an announcement I, I should have printed that off and give to y'all but it cannot have drawstrings or anything that would be could be used for suicide uh, so just plain clothes, plain pants, plain shirts, t-shirts, uh, long sleeve shirts. Um, if I think we're going to try to do it the whole month of March. So if you have any clothes in your closets that you'd like to get rid of, um, bring it up here on Wednesday or Sunday or whenever and put it out into the fellowship hall. And we'll take all that up this month and give it to Canon at the end of the month or first of April. Um, daylight savings time. So next Saturday, I'll try to remind everybody, um, I mean, I thought today was daylight savings time because we had several come in really early this morning. Uh, it was kind of weird. I told them I think the rapture is going to hit this evening. It was just that odd. So we'll try to remind everybody next Saturday. So next Sunday will be daylight savings time. Remember, Conley, his family there, his sister-in-law passing away this, this morning. And then if I don't stay and say goodbye or anything this evening before we leave, I've got to jet out of here and get to Abington, Virginia really fast. My uncle passed away yesterday morning, and we just got the arrangements yesterday evening. Uh, so I've got to leave here and go to Abington for the the, the funeral, the memorial service, and uh, all that stuff for him. It was my, my grandma. It would be my dad's mom's brother. He was the very last one of the family. So that, that was it for Uncle Jay. Uh, he, was, he preached. He, was a, uh, he pastored three different churches from, I think, in the early 70s up until recently. Uh, but he was a church of Christ. We'll just leave that there. But I still loved him. <laughs> He's a good one. I uh, think that's, that's all I got for y'all. Anything else I missed? Anybody? We're going to do breakfast anytime soon. I really want y'all to talk about that. You know, just We've got to eat sometime before Easter. I've got a, got a hankering for some bologna gravy. I, that's a long time to Easter. <laughs> Okay, if you got your Bibles, uh, guess where we're going to be back over in 1 Peter 1, chapter 22, 1 Peter 1, 22. Um, <clears throat> I cannot get out of it. I'm telling you what, guys, this has been, it's been a good, I don't care if anybody else is getting anything out of it or not, I'm getting a lot out of this stuff right now. I've really enjoyed this, um, and we're going to be looking at uh, love 
today, and that's a, I think it's, I know we're past Valentine's Day and all that stuff, but we still need to be reminded what love is, what true love is, what that brotherly love is. We need to be reminded daily because there's so much in, in our world that we live in right now that gets us down, and it makes us not like each other. It makes us not like our neighbor or, or you know, whatever, our coworkers or teachers. Uh, I remember, uh, what was that, about a month ago, Paisley <laughs> Paisley had somehow, I guess she found out through one of her teachers that I was running for school board in Watauga, and, and Abby, or Paisley came straight up to me, and she says, if you get it, does that mean you can fire my teacher? <laughs> so evidently she doesn't like or love her teacher like she's supposed to. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but there is no greater force on earth than love. Uh, you, just think about what it can do for you. It does to you. Think of what it does to you. And what it does for you as well. If two people truly love each other, they will do anything for one another. They will, uh, we talk about it as, as uh, couples, as married couples, how we would lay it out. We would, we would die for our spouse. We, if whatever it took, if, if they needed to, something that we have to survive, we would give it to them. If they need a kidney or a liver or whatever it might be, we would give it to them so that they would survive because of love. There's no greater bond on earth than true love, especially true love for true believers in Christ. That's the kind of love we're going to look at today, the kind of love that we have as Christians, as believers, as brothers and sisters in Jesus. That's the kind of love we'll talk about today. That's the kind of love that Peter is trying to explain to these individuals that are being persecuted. They're on the run. They're, they're fleeing. They're running for their life right now. And so he's, he's talked about several things that we've, over the past few months, or Sundays, we've talked about where he's trying to encourage these persecuted Christians, and now he's saying you still need to love one another. I know you're going through a lot. I know that, that you're, they're hot on your heels. It looks like you may be martyred. You don't know what's going to take place, but love one another. Those people that are chasing you, believe it or not, you're to love them. Those people that want you to die, love them. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, ain't it? Whenever you think about that, there are people in this world that would love to see the Christians die. They would love to see the church just get demolished, be taken out. There'd be no mention of Jesus. We wouldn't pray to God. They would love to see that. Those people cannot stand us. We're to love them. Mm. We're to love them. I was talking to a guy Friday at work. He owns Anytime Fitness. His name's Bob Brewer. Bob Brewer. And uh, we got to talk in church big time uh, Friday, and we were talking about um, how we're 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 being odd right now. The church is really being odd, the church, and how it would do a lot of people some good if they would just see these doors close. Every time a church door closes, how the devil just gets all antsy and all excited, and he's just loving it. And there's still people in this world that would love to see the church just shut down but we are to love him he said that in his office there at anytime fitness he has his bible laying on his desk and he said people will come in to talk to him to whatever it might be wherever they're there but they will they'll look at that bible and without him opening up his bible they will say can you please put that up i don't like to see that and he said no i won't i won't put it up now, i got one laying on my desk at the office. I don't usually have people coming in to my office, but when I do, it, it, you know, it makes me want to talk to them a little bit more about Jesus. It, it's, it's a conversation starter uh, over my window. The, the 
church sign that I had when I was at, at uh, Beach Valley. They gave it to me as a parting gift when I left the church. <laughs> but that's hanging up in my office now above my window, and it says Pastor Chad Cole. That's a conversation starter. Bible on my desk, conversation starter. There's scripture on my wall, conversation starter. I want to start a conversation or them start a conversation about the church, about Jesus, about God, because I want them to see the love that I have for them, even though I might not know them. Maybe they don't like me. I don't know. But I want to start that conversation with them so that they can see Jesus. They can see the love that I have for them and the love that Jesus has for them. John 3.16, I want to be able to quote John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I want them to hear that. Because I don't want them to go to hell not knowing Jesus. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to have a relationship with him. That's what he wants. That's what this church wants. That's what each one of us want. Is each person that we come in contact with to know who Jesus is and to have that relationship with him and to show love. Show love. Now, is there a difference between the love that believers have for one another and the love that an unbeliever has for one another? Yes, definitely. There is a difference between our love for one another and unbelievers' love for one another. There's a big difference in it. Scripture says it. We as believers have to have a different kind of love. We are given a different kind of love. We are shown a different kind of love. The love that believers have for others is what the Greek calls aphilia love. I heard a preacher call it the Philadelphia love one time. It's kind of similar, but it's a, it's a Philadelphia kind of love. I've watched the Eagles play the Cowboys before, and there is no love in that game whatsoever. There's a lot of hatred in that game. But it's called a filio, filia love. It's a, it's a special kind of love. And let me tell you how rare it is, how, how special this kind of love is. A filia kind of love is the kind of love that is only found in Christian writing. It is only found in the Bible. You ain't going to find it anywhere else because it's, it is a, a, a godly type of love. Now, we know that a God-sized love is what is it what agape love. That's a big kind of love. But this is not a God-sized love, but it is the love that is given to us through Jesus Christ. So it is a God-like love. And so you're not going to find a filial love written anywhere else except right here in the Bible. And that means brotherly love. That means a close friendship kind of love. It's a love that exists between family, uh, family members who truly cherish each other. That is us. This is family. Not just Chestnut Dale as a family. It is the church family. We could pick up and move to any church along the way here. And we are to feel that kind of love no matter where we go. If you've ever gone and you've sang or you've been in revivals and just that welcoming love that you have when you walk in the door, that is a filial love that we have and that's what we're supposed to feel everywhere we go. No matter what church it is, you're to feel welcomed and loved. Not those churches we were talking about Wednesday night where, <laughs> where it's just cold and they put Ichabod over the door and you're like, Oof, I gotta go, can't be here for this one. That's not a philia kind of love. That's an that's a Ichabod love, I guess is what you call that. It's the kind of love that binds us together as family. And it's, a, it's an unbreakable union. It's not supposed to be something that we can get rid of. It's not supposed to. You wouldn't want to anyway. But no matter where we go, we are to feel that kind of love, and we are to show that kind of love. Everywhere we go, you show that kind of love towards one another. 
It nourishes, it nurtures one another, it shows concern, it looks after uh, the welfare of one another. That's the kind of love that we are to have. As listening to the uh, uh, Allison Krauss on the way up here, she's singing with the Cox family, and she's talking about being by her neighbor. The song was talks about uh, the person being by her neighbor's bedside as they're dying. That's the kind of love that we need to have for our neighbor and for one another. One that says at 2 o'clock in the morning when somebody's passing away, we're going to be by their side so we can watch them cross in over the, the Jordan River into glory. We've got to love our neighbors enough to where we can, we can arrange our schedule, rearrange our schedule to be there with them and so that they know that we love them and we care for them and we support them. That is the kind of love we're going to talk about today. Peter teaches us that we are to have have sincere love towards one another. And I mean sincere. And when I say sincere, this is what sincere means. Genuine, without pretension, without hypocrisy, playing or acting. Don't act like you love them. Show that you love them. Do it in deed, not just in word. Don't just say it, not just a lip service. Just say, don't just say, I love you. Show with your whole heart that you love them. Now, that can be a little bit difficult for some people, but a lot of people will just pretend. They'll play, act like they love one another, but it's not genuine. It's not genuine. When we just say, love you too, and move on about our business, we need to make sure that we mean what we say when we say we love them. There can be no mistake about the importance of love. Now, remember, what we're getting ready to read here in just a second was a persecuted bunch of people. They were on the run, and they were running for their lives. And again, Peter is trying to encourage them. But Peter's also encouraging us in the church age now. We need, to, we need the encouragement. We need reminding of how to love one another. He's teaching us to love deeply from the heart. And when I say deeply, deeply meaning full intensity. One of my commentaries said to stretch love out fully. And I, I mean, that's just laying it out there, just showing that love. This is the kind of love that believers are to have for one another. It's that philia kind of love that we are to have, that brotherly love. If you got your Bibles open, stand just a moment. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two. The Bible says, "Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit." Unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently, being, a born, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the, flowers, as, as the flower of grass. Flower of grass, I'm sorry. Um, the grass wherewith... And the flower thereof falleth away. But, I love this, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which, is, which by the gospel is preached unto you. Let's pray. Father God, this morning as we come to you, Lord, we're coming to you out of love. Lord, we're going to honor you today in all that's said and done. We're going to praise you today for all that, that you have done for us. Lord, today we thank you for love for unconditional love, for agape love, for a love that we can't describe with our own words here on earth. But Lord, for a love that you have bestowed upon each and every one of us, for a love that has been shown by the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, for a love that we can feel in our hearts because of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for 
that love. And I pray today, God, that we, in return, can love our neighbors. Lord, in return, we can love our brothers and we can love our sisters. In return, we can love our sister churches. Lord, in return, we can show your love through all that we do in this life. God, we thank you for that. and We thank you for giving us opportunity to go out and to love on one another. And I pray, God, today, as, as I said a while ago, Lord, I pray that whatever's said and done behind this pulpit, it honors you, it glorifies you. I listen in your son's name, we pray. Amen. Can you have a seat? Now, there's three reasons why we are to love one another and to love one another deeply. Reason number one, because our souls have been purified. That's a reason to love and to love deeply. Look at verse 22 one more time. It says, Seeing ye have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. When something is purified, it, it's totally clean from any impurities. When it's been purified, when it's been cleaned, when we go through, how, much, how many of y'all drink purified water? If you drink bottled water, I think that's purified water. It's been cleaned. It's got all the, the bad stuff, all the, the, the minerals and everything is taken out, which I've been told minerals are a good thing. But it's taken out everything out. It's just been cleaned. It's been boiled. It's been uh, ran through filters and all this stuff to have purified, clean water. If you're wearing jewelry and it's gold, it's been purified, it's been burnt, it's been put in a melting pot, and it's had all the impurities burnt out of it, cleaned up, so there is no, no dirt and no other minerals or anything else inside that gold. It is pure 100% gold because of the heat that it's been put under. That verse says, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. The only way we can truly love one another, the way that the Bible is telling us to do so, is to be clean from all the junk in this world. We have got to be purified from all the worldly things that we encounter. We have to, have, we have to be put under fire, under pressure, whatever you want to call it. We have to be purified from the carnal things that we are experiencing in this world. And it gets worse and worse and worse every single day. Turn on TV, it gets worse. You look at the internet, it gets worse. Everything we see, and we absorb that. We're like sponges. Christian, non-Christian, it doesn't matter. We take on the bad stuff of this world and we just let it build up inside of us. The Bible says not to. It's telling us that we need to be pure. To be pure. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. How do you purify that soul? You don't. God does. It is up to him. He is the one that does it through the Holy Spirit. That's where we get that junk in the world cleaned up. We have to be cleansed from selfishness and of any self-centered attitudes that we might have and be different from that unbeliever that's out there. We are to be purified by obeying the truth. Jesus says what? He says that he is the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Well, if he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth is what purifies us, then we have got to go through Jesus to get purified, to get our souls cleansed. It is through Jesus that we get that. Once we've been purified, we have the capability to love like the Bible's telling us to love. When the Bible tells us to love our neighbors, you don't just say, yeah, and go on. Because that's lip service. 
when the Bible says that we are to love our neighbors, when we are commanded by Jesus himself to love thy neighbor, then we are to do it in action, not just a lip service, because God knows your heart. Remember that part. God knows your heart. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. As believers who have been purified by the truth, which is the word of God here, we are commanded by Jesus. Just do it. Just do it. Just love one another. Bad as it might hurt you, love one another. Command. When I read my Bible, my Bible has Jesus' words in red. I think most of y'all probably do too. Jesus wasn't suggesting to the disciples, you might want to, you might want to love your neighbor. You might want to be good to your neighbor. He wasn't making a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. He's not suggesting that Chestnut Dale love one another. He has commanded the church to love one another. He has commanded us individually to love one another. Jesus don't suggest, he commands. And when he commanded us and is telling us what to do, when he says to love, you go love. When he says honor thy father and thy mother, you honor thy father and thy mother. When he says love your neighbor, you love your neighbor. When he says go ye therefore into all the nations, you go ye therefore into all the nations. When he tells you to do something, you do it. He commands it. Respect it. Honor it. Not just love, but to love from the heart. Not lip service. Anybody can tell anybody to love them. It's got to come from the heart. You've got to mean it. And you've got to put actions behind those words. Show it. Reason number two, we should love one another because we are born again. As Christians, you are born again. Look again over verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Mm, that's a long time, ain't it? Forever and ever and ever and ever. And Randy Travis, amen me right there. That's a long time. All true believers have been spiritually born again. We have been made new creatures. That's what Paul tells us. I'm thankful for that. I thank God I'm not the same person I was prior to 1996. I'm very thankful to that. Now, am I perfect? No. He might have made me a new creature, but I still have tons of imperfections inside and out. But I'm to strive. I'm to try to be a better person, to, be, to try to honor him and show love towards him, all that I do, and to everybody else. That's what I'm supposed to do. New creatures, brand new by God himself, to be brothers and sisters to each other, and in love. When we become a new creature, we come into this new family. And when we come into this new family, we have new brothers and new, new, brothers and new sisters. If you've had brothers and sisters, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about that brotherly or sisterly love that you have towards one another. It's different. It's a different kind of love that you have. Growing up, I thought my sister loved to hate me. That's just what I thought. 
I love my sister. Love her to death. And she loves me. It's a different kind of love that we have. It's, it's not the type of love that friends have. It's a different kind of love. 1 John 1, 5 says, This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And a drop of darkness. God is light. Let that little light shine. Now, I'll ask you a question this morning. I want you to think about this for just a moment. What is the significance of being born again? I think we're all kind of thinking the same way. The significance of being born again, we have Jesus in our hearts. We've got heaven as our home. That's, that's the significance of being born again. Before we were born again, the only nature that existed within us was human nature. Look at little Clayton over here. He, he was born, he'd be five months old on Tuesday. He was born, and he has this human nature in him. We've got some youngins over here. They're not that old. They have human nature inside of them. They were born with human nature. Now, think about human nature. I'm not a big fan of human nature. This is what I come up with for human nature. It's abusive. It's, a, uh, it's prideful. It's angry. It's selfish. It's jealous. It's arrogant. It's bitter. It's envious. It's snobbish. It's hateful. Now, we don't see it in these youngins right now. Maybe the hateful, well, Abby's not here. I'll say maybe the hatefulness. We don't see that in our children. We grow into that, into, and we get into adulthood. We grow into those things. That's human nature. That's no good. Any of that stuff I just read, does that sound Christ-like to you? No, ain't none of that Christ-like. We didn't see that in Jesus himself, but we see it in ourselves before we're born again. That's the way we were before we were born again. It's just human nature. It comes natural. So it's necessary to be born again, to be born into the family of God through Jesus, to get away from all that, to erase all that stuff, to replace all that stuff with the goodness. And here's why. Once we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit, and it comes and it dwells in us. And when the Holy Spirit comes and it dwells inside of us, it pushes all that stuff out. There is no room in our hearts for arrogance and hatred and bitterness and sin in general. There's no room for it. So with salvation, when we are born again, it pushes everything out, and it puts Jesus right in the center of our hearts. And then we get the fruits of the Spirit, and we get that love and happiness and joy and what are the other? Meekness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Proof that the person was born again lays in that right there. When somebody is born again, you start seeing the fruits of the Spirit. Again, that's actions. That's them showing the world that I love Jesus. He saved my soul. When we're born again, folks, you're going to see that. Proof. Is that an amen or oh me? That better be an amen. Number three. Reason number three, we should love one another because... Life is short. Life is extremely short. I can't. What is? Where's Nerdy Hunter at? What's that? What's the? 
the average age now for 70-something, six, five, something like that. You could tell me anything, and I believe you. 78? Okay, we're going to go 78. That's the average age right now. It's, that's the life expectancy or something like that. 78-ish. I'm 38 years away from that. Life is short. Back when I was Paisley's age, or Sage's age, 78 was a long way. That's a long ways off, ain't it, Sage? 78, you're sitting there doing the math. Don't take your shoes off. If you do the math, that's a long ways away. Not anymore. This morning I was sitting here thinking about that. I was 34 years old when I came to this church and I turned 40 this year. Life is short. Time has flown by for me. What a ride it's been. But it seems like the older I get, the faster it gets. And faster and faster and faster. Verse 24 says, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now there's two facts of this verse right here that, that teaches us about love. There's two things right here. First thing, again, life is short. Life is very short. Life lasts, I'm going to paraphrase what we read right here. Life lasts no longer than the grass that appears quickly, then withers away, or the flower that appears quickly and falls away. I don't know how long it's been since I mowed the yard, or Abby mowed the yard. But it seems like it was just yesterday. We see the grass grow, we see it fade away. It's March, y'all probably getting ready to get cranked up in the in the greenhouse, ain't you? Getting getting close to it. We're going to see the greenhouse two weeks ago. Says you're cranked up, you're ready to go. All the flowers that these guys are growing, all that you guys are doing in your gardens, all that Nat's getting ready to do in his in his garden, we're going to see it, and then we're going to see it disappear. We're going to see it go because it doesn't last very long. That's our life. People work hard. I mean, they work really hard. To be attractive and to be acceptable and to be honorable and to be understanding and to be, uh, to just, to be beautiful. Most people have to, Nat doesn't have to work for it. I mean, it's just natural for him. I mean, look at him. He just glows. He's got that Moses glow on him. It just comes natural. But a lot of people work really hard to try to, to look good and to, to be attractive, to be dignified. That's not you, by the way, Nat. But no matter what they do to try to look better and to, to, to have a better image, no matter how much glory that they try to achieve, we still do what? We still age. We still get wrinkles. We do. The flesh gets worn out. The muscles hurt. The bones break. They get brittle. That's what happens. So no matter how much we try to make this look good, the inside's going to fall apart. Our flesh is no more than grass that withers and the glory of the flesh, as the Bible says, is no more than flowers that fall away. No more. Secondly, believers endure forever. Now, the word of the Lord, the Bible tells us it stands forever. Forever and ever. I mean, the, from, from end to amen, or from Genesis to the maps, whatever you want to call it, 
This thing stands forever. The Word of God will live forever. As believers, where do we have it? We have it in our hearts. What's going to live forever? Our hearts, our souls. They're going to live forever. When we go to heaven, it's going to be in us. We're going to be up there. I think we'll be quoting Scripture with the angels all day long. And I don't believe it'll be in Old English either. We'll have a, I think we'll have a new, a new language or a new way of saying it. Maybe Greek. I don't know. It might be Hebrew. I don't know what it might be. It may be Aramaic. I don't know what it'll be. But it won't be Old English. But we're going to have this in our hearts for eternity because the word of the Lord endureth forever. The word of the Lord lives in our hearts of every single believer. It lives inside of us. We're to hide the word in our heart, to take it and live it. So we as believers, we're going to live forever. What is this word that stands forever? I want you to think about the word that stands forever. What is it? Is it just this Bible right here that we have in front of us? It's the gospel. The word is the gospel. The gospel that's been preached, that is being preached to us right now, the gospel that was preached to us years ago, that's the word. That's what's living inside of us. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Just down deep inside of us. If we truly receive the word and bring it to our lives, it will live within us forever, and it will keep living in us forever. There, I think Dole Lawson sung a song, and I've heard people tell stories about this too, real true stories about people that they'll have dementia or Alzheimer's, and they can't tell you the person that walks in that room. They can't tell that that's their son or their daughter or their grandchild. They can't tell that it's their spouse, their husband, or their wife. But you go in and you... You're saying, Jesus loves me. And it light up. It's because the love of God and the word of God will endure forever. There's no disease on earth that can take it away from us. Because it's here. It's here. It's in us. And it will live forever. We might not be able to sing the song right along with them, but they might not be able to sing it with us. But you mentioned Jesus, above of all, a name above all other names, and they get a smile on their face. It's because it lives forever. We as believers have received the word of the Lord in our lives. We received it through salvation, and we receive it almost on a daily basis. If you're reading your Bible, you're getting it. That means we'll have to be living forever, together forever. We are the family of God. This is the family of God, and it expands, not just here, but we have other churches. We have the church, and so we are family. We are to love one another. We need to live like it. That's hard sometimes, but we are to live like it. Georgia was here, I'd blame it on her. <laughs> live like it. Live like you love one another. True brotherly love should exist in the family of God.
We have to be on the same page as a church if we're going to move forward. Got to be on the same page. If we're going to keep moving forward in this life, even though it's short, we've got to live and love one another and act like it. How many times, you know how many times I heard my dad tell me that? Act like you love her. That's what he'd tell me when around my sister. Act like you love her. Get close to her. Act like you love her. No, don't just act like it. Do it. Just do it. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Love, love, love. Ethan, you like to love? You like that? You like to show everybody you love them when you kick them in the shin? Does that mean you love them? Yeah, that's what I thought. So James, don't take that the wrong way. He loves you. <laughs> well, I love y'all bunches, and I want to get out, out here in just a second and head on up to Abington. But I appreciate y'all, and just uh, continue to, to pray for the church, pray that we continue to grow. And um, I think it, uh, it's safe to say we're about to get back to almost normal everywhere. So just stay safe, stay healthy, keep taking your vitamin C and your potassium and get on your feet. And I, I'm looking forward to this spring and what uh, we'll be able to do here at the church and maybe be able to get out and do a lot more. I know we've, we've had our hands tied for a couple of years, but maybe we can get, be a little bit more active as a church and see if we can't reach out to the lost a little more. Anybody have anything on their hearts this morning as we close out? Nothing. All right. I was I was hoping Clayton would get into it. So he's getting he's getting pretty active right now, and he's he's starting to he, he'll raise his hand and he'll beat. So I don't know if Lord's already calling him into the ministry or what that might be, but he's he's getting into it now. He's got that hand raising thing going on. But if there's a fan on, forget it. You just lose him. Keith, will you dismiss us, please? Amen. All right. We'll see y'all Wednesday.